0: and welcome back to the How to Decorate podcast from Ballard Designs. We want to teach you how to decorate your home and unleash your inner decorator. So we'll be interviewing interior designers, stylists, and other talents in the design world, sharing the trials and triumphs of our own homes, and also answering your decorating questions. I'm Caroline. I run the Ballard Designs blog, howtodecorate.com.
1: And I'm Taryn, and I work in the product design at Ballard. And I'm Karen, and I head up branding at Ballard.
2: Let's okay. talk about the good,
1: the bad, the ugly. All
0: right, you wants things. to go first?
1: I can go first. Go, Taryn. Okay. So last week I got to go to England and Scotland for vacation, and mm. per usual, my <laughs> triumph is I picked up a little something, I went something shopping. Not only did I pick up two pieces of art, Ooh. yeah, two nice. Yeah, because I need I need some more wall art now that I have my black bathroom, mm-hmm. and I did the other room with black molding. Ooh. So I gotta now I gotta like. You didn't do your black do bathroom?
0: Wall. Did you do it on the last? Did, did yeah, she know? talked about painting the bathroom all
2: black. I thought. Oh, what episode? Was that? If not, she has painted her bathroom all black. Yeah,
1: if <laughs> not, guys, I did I it. Think you it did. looks amazing. Yeah. Well, because Miles told me to go all navy. Yeah. I went to go a step further, all black and <laughs>
0: The photos are insane.
1: Drop the great. mic. It yeah. looks great, but now I need to fill the walls to like right. make it look really cool. Right now, it just is black walls. <laughs> so, got some art, and I got this sheepskin, and we're like <laughs> at this place. And again, I like to pick up something that is kind of like. Around, like yeah. regional, like Scotland, a little bit. You know. Not, yeah, it doesn't have to be spot on or like super touristy. But so there were all these sheepskins. And of course, they were all white and soft <laughs> and light. And then they had one that was dyed this like hopper color. And I was like, oh, I need that color. And, that's <laughs> right. and of course, David was like. Of course, I wouldn't expect (laughs) anything anything less. less. There were, you know, 100 white ones and one colored one, and you you couldn't. I was like, I don't need. I bought. Was (laughs) it a sheepskin store? What was it? No, it was like a little. Was it a farm? No, it wasn't a farm. (laughs) I didn't kill the sheep this time. Um, No, it was like, it had like plaids and all the different like land, tartans -hmm. tartans and everything. And then they just also had these on the side. Awesome. yeah, and then it was my husband who pointed out the price and was like, this is pretty good. And I was like, okay, I'll take it in case. You know how you're like, oh, uh, yeah, I see Um, And then, yeah. So anyway, I really thought it might match um, this particular rug. It's like one color in this rug we have. And so I got home and it did match and I was pretty pumped. that awesome. it was like the, the perfect pullout. So um, nice. anyway, you did so it. that was my triumph. And my trial is we get home Sunday from Europe So 10 a.m., fly out there, get home 3 p.m. this time, you know, so your body's like, pick up dog, dog, and, like, we want public subs for dinner, like, not making dinner, (laughs) like, real simple, keeping it simple, right? And going to bed. Like, that is the plan. And we get home, and David goes to turn on the water in the basement, and there's 12 inches of sitting water. No. Been there for the whole week since we had the hurricane come (gasps) through, and... We have Um, a sub pump down there. Well, it goes off with the power. It comes back on with the power. We have a generator, but we weren't there to turn on the generator. uh, I had my brother-in-law check the outside for trees falling while we were gone. You know, he said, the house looks great. Didn't think about the basement. So we get home and it is like... 12 inches is a
2: lot. It's a
1: lot of water. The sub pump does a lot of work, a lot of hard work. So when the power came back on, the pump... Was broken and so it didn't ever pump out. So even if it had like happened, it should have like fully gone down and it didn't. So, Yikes. lots ruined. I definitely had a rug because we've been oh, moving it's stuff like upstairs. A you
2: store things in. Well, oh, I was just thinking. We just don't. It's not big enough, basement. so we have to put uh-huh. stuff
1: down there. It's just mm. cement. We don't have it finished because right. this happens. But yeah. we have. I have bins that I put up high <gasps> and like plastic <sighs> shelving because it has happened. So I've like taken precautions. But because we were doing all the stuff upstairs and moving stuff around, I just was haphazard with like yeah. put it in the basement for right now. We'll bring it back up. Definitely left a rug, just rolled up, sitting oh, on the floor. Man. Sat there for seven days, okay. soaking up basement water. Did you take it to your carpet cleaning? Yeah, guy? No, I bet you did no, get it clean. No. no. If y'all had smelled this, you would have. You would have literally been Vomited? like, "Yeah, you would have," because I definitely <laughs> did. I was like, "I can't ever see that again." I and as oh, much no. as I loved the rug, the, no, no, was that no. that
0: pretty hand knotted one you told us about no. once? Oh, well, that's okay. good. <laughs> It was my grand white zebra one, R.I.P. Um, R.I.P. Grand white zebra. Loved
1: it, loved <laughs> that rug. But yeah, it's gone. So oh, no, anyway, that stinks. That's mine. That that's was your trial. <laughs> yeah, it was trial, and Gosh. it's still a trial because <laughs> now it's like bleach and mold, You know, like yeah, get throw out everything. Ruined. You do, do you have to
0: do any like ball repair or anything? Do, like, is Mm-mm. It, Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Good. But the
1: pump has to be replaced. So. Yikes. David might be getting electrocuted right now as we speak. He was going to try to do it himself.
2: Okay, great. Good story. (laughs) That That might might be be a trial or triumph next week.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Depending on how much life insurance you have. everyone, for the news next week. Uh, Triumph. My pump's fixed. trial. My husband husband, was electrocuted. Not so much. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, okay. Who wants to go next?
2: I'll go. Did I tell you guys about that thing that we went to in New York for work um, called, um, does, is it called Design on a Dime? Did I, 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 yeah. Okay. yeah. Okay. So did I talk about that on the show one time? I think maybe. So it's a thing that El Decor sponsors every year and it's to raise money for um, people living with AIDS in New York for the housing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe they also do it in Miami. So it's an it's an annual event and interior designers decorate uh, or outfit small spaces in, you know, like a big hall or a big event space. And then they donate everything in that. And then people come in and buy everything and all the money goes to the cause. Well, Ballard did it this year with Suzanne Kessler, our design partner, and so she, um, we had a space. She designed all the stuff that was in it, decorated it, and Ballard donated all the stuff. So I got to attend the event, which was really fun. I had never attended it before, and I mean, you guys, this thing is crazy because they people are lined up mm-hmm. around the block to get in. They bought First of all, they buy tickets for I don't know how much. I get to go free cuz Ballard was a sponsor. Um but I think $75, $150. I don't know, just to get in. Then you get in and people are running around like insane people buying everything cuz it's such a good deal. I mean, amazing deals on stuff. Um so I got something at the event which uh, was a mud cloth. Have I talked about this? No, I
0: don't think so. Okay.
2: So, um sorry. <laughs> Well, you guys were with me in High Point when we went by yeah. that booth that had um, mud claws kind of cut up and framed. And they were different animals. And so I, we're going to have to Google, like, what the origin of mud claws are so people know. But they're they're, they're to me, they're very African-looking, very tribal-looking. And they depict animals or plants or—and it sort of it almost looks kind of like folk art, very primitive kind of feeling. So there was this big one there, kind of like— draped over a, something on the floor. I mean, you wouldn't have even noticed it. And I was like, because well, okay. we had just seen it in High Point and I was so into those. <laughs> I saw this on the floor. I'm like, oh, what's this? And I pulled up and it was like eight feet by six feet by four feet or something very large with all these different animals. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I want this thing so much. So it was only 150 bucks, something like that, yeah. which is really good when you go shopping for these things. It smelled like doo-doo, <laughs> but it was great, so I bought it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not kidding. It did. It smelled like a farm, you know. Like, ooh. Yeah. Uh, so I took mm. it my, to my dry cleaner. She's like, I can't dry clean this because the colors are going to run. I did a test. You're, you know. Mm-mm. So I just fabriest it, put it out on my deck. Totally fine. Like two seconds later, it smelled no, like a day later yeah, or whatever. Yeah. It smelled great. So anyway, then I'm trying to figure out how to hang it. This is a long trial. <laughs>
1: It had a lot of trials in
2: it. It's not even, I'm not even complete yet because it's, anyway. So I was trying to figure out how to hang it and we had Maggie Griffin, I was talking about it. She's like, oh, well just get a quilt hanger. I had never heard of a quilt hanger. I did not know what a quilt hanger was. So I went online and Googled it. Well, they're on Etsy and there was someone on Etsy who does them in custom lengths and (sighs) yeah, by the inch and uh, and, and, in four different colors you can choose from. And I wanted black because my thing's white and black. So I got it, custom made. It was like maybe $100 or something like that. Nice. Yeah, and so it's super simple. You just stick it in there. And uh, so then my husband, while I was out of town, hung it for me and it already fell down. He's not
1: the Mm. best at hanging
2: things. Well, he he tried to hang it with commands hooks oh yeah those things are not
1: he didn't want to put a hole in the wall yeah
2: and it's like up in my stairwell so you have to get a janky ladder and get up there and Mm -hmm. do it so he was trying to do that so he didn't have big holes up in there but um apparently it fell down at like two in the morning but my 16 year old did tell me he's like mom it looked really cool when it was up there so eventually when it gets up there it'll be great nice i look forward to seeing yeah, it yeah, it's not quite uh final triumph but i'm excited about i'm glad I'm
0: the smell is gone too yeah,
2: yeah. it worked like a charm I feel like sunshine and febreze mm. i think putting things out in the sun really helps yeah it does it worked like it was perfect okay um, so It's that like was, the
0: sun is like a natural bleach almost
2: yeah all right trial oh okay guest room so This is my never-ending saga about my guest room and my guest bathroom. So you know how I copied your drapery idea for the shower, Mm
0: -hmm.
2: which is hanging really, really long panels all the way at the ceiling. Mm -hmm. um, So it hangs in front of your shower curtain, Mm -hmm. and then your shower curtain kind of tucks behind. Yeah, your liner, it tucks behind. Um, So when I pulled those down to paint, because, you know, I painted the guest room, Um, my husband pulled them down and put them, like, in a big wad, and they got dirty. They're white. And so I, of course, you know, I don't follow any rules and I don't read any care instructions. So I washed them and I dried them, and they're cotton twill, whatever. It's machine washable, mm-hmm. which it is, except the drapery panel shrunk and the liner didn't. So now the liner, so the drapery oh, panel, no. draper panel is the drapery panel actually a fine length still. It's it's like I'd say three inches off the ground, which is fine to yeah. me in a bathroom. But the the <laughs> the liner. <laughs> Of the previous length, which is like on the floor. So I'm just going to chop it off.
0: Yeah, I think your dry cleaner can do that. She's, like, I've,
2: dude, she's a magician. It, can I just chop it and leave it? Will anyone ever see the bottom of that liner? Like the, it's not
0: sewn to the front.
2: No, you they're know, like loose from they're, each okay. other. Yeah,
0: then yeah. I yeah, think you're
2: right. Yeah. Okay. So that was a mistake. Everyone, cautionary tale. I think if I hadn't put Read them in the dryer here. or if yeah, I had washed them on cold and dried them yeah. on delicate, I didn't do any of that. It was like, oh, hi, done. <laughs> <laughs> the things we learn yeah, yeah. anyway that's me okay carolyn you go
0: well my triumph is that my pottery class started back and i was Yay. really excited about that um do we get more gifts
2: she gave us stuff last time well, i love that. that is my trial <gasps> trial oh
0: y'all <laughs> like everything <laughs> is janked up basically everything i've done you lost all your skill your pottery like, skills. is of gone? my mojo so this, the class I did two classes they were each eight classes so it was four months of pottery class every week
2: and then Wait, four we, months every week oh every no, week for four months okay I'm every sorry. week for four
0: months okay. yeah sorry then we took a summer off and so then I started back at like the end of August well so I had a guy friend who a, a couple friend of ours the husband's Cuban and I gave them like a little plate as a engagement gift and he was like oh can you make me like an ashtray to use during our wedding because they were going to have like a you know, cigar bar or whatever. Mm-hmm. So It's like, yeah, sure. Well, everything that I've done in this class has been total crap. Like, I
1: de- <laughs> just to put it bluntly, like, like it's basically awful. throwing it away. Why? What's okay,
0: wrong, so Caroline? I did. I did this the ashtray, and it turned out pretty well. Mm-hmm. But if you don't, basically, it cracked. I carved like I did the right shape, and then I carved out the space for the cigars to like rest in there. Then we sent it through the fire the fir- like through the kiln the first time, and it had like a huge crack down the center. So I have to throw it out and either just not give him one or redo it. But I don't think I have time to redo it at this just point. Just go buy one and act like you made it. And then the other pieces <laughs> I made, okay, so in the beginning of the class, I would do like maybe a little over a pound of clay. And so, you know, it's kind of like the size of your fist maybe. Mm-hmm. Um. So because this was my third class session, like my third group, the, the teacher was like, why don't you work up to like a little, like two pounds or like a little over. So I did those, and I did two pieces that turned out really, really well. So, you know, you, you throw it first, and it's all wet, and it's, you know, mushy. And then you let it dry, and then you trim it. So you spin it on the wheel again, and you basically, like, sort of file it down a little bit uh-huh. so that the bottom is the right shape. You can even stuff out. You can kind of perfect the shape of the huh. So I was sort of doing a little bit of it by hand above my the spinning wheel. It's called, like, the bat and i sort of rested it down for just a second and my foot touched the lever the pedal on the floor flung this pot probably the Uh -uh. best one i've ever done Uh -uh. like across the studio Uh -uh. and it just like crumpled into a million pieces that happened Uh -uh. twice you
2: did that twice Mm -hmm.
0: the other time it wasn't i didn't accidentally step on the pedal it came off the bat but Anyway, so uh, I'm feeling very discouraged man. about Girl, my pottery class. <laughs> you were so I good. I loved our gift. I did too. My teacher was like, after the, the the good one broke, she was like, "Oh, that was the best one you've ever done, too." And <laughs> I was like, "I'm gonna I it in."
2: <laughs> <laughs> anyway,
0: so oh, gotta You'll give, get your good <laughs> back.
1: It you was will.
0: Very disheartening, that but it's is. cool.
2: Uh,
0: I'll get back on the horse. That's right. <laughs> Keep going. So. It's a trial and a triumph. Oh, it is. It's both. I don't it's get both. the
2: triumph part.
0: The triumph is just that it started again, and I was oh, really okay. excited. Okay, okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> she was excited. It was mostly yeah, a yeah. triumph. I was missing it, you know? Like, by the time we got to the end of those first two classes, I felt like I was in a good group. Yeah. And, and then it started back, so I was really pumped. You were and becoming
2: a master potter. <laughs> burr, burr. No.
0: Our teacher was like, oh, I felt like I started to get good after about ten years. So, like, oh, great. Thanks. Okay,
2: like,
1: I'm going to need got to put a lot ways more in.
2: To go. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. all right. Well, I'm excited about Vern. This will be fun. Y'all, he's awesome. he's awesome. Is he awesome? Yeah. This is going to be a long
0: episode, so hang in there. Get ready. He's got a lot of good nuggets to
2: We're just going to hijack us. him and never yeah. let him leave. Exactly. All right. Let's get him.
0: Let's get <laughs> to it. All right. <laughs> Okay, we are so excited to have today Vern Yip, y'all all know him. You've seen him on your televisions, HGTV, TLC. I mean, there's not a channel or a magazine you have not been in. You have an amazing book and a fabric collection. You're very busy, you're a superstar. So we really appreciate you coming by. Thank you you for
3: having me. This is like the best looking studio I have ever been in. (laughs) I mean, I've never done any kind of podcast or radio show in a better looking environment. Really, I have to say. Thank
0: Thank you. you. (laughs) That's so sweet.
2: Karen's blushing. (laughs) I am.
3: I'm shopping the room as I'm sitting here.
2: (laughs) Usually, people are judging it, so that's good.
0: They are not. I think most, most of it's furnished by Ballard. Ballard. <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, I get a discount. It's hard not to shop there. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to know how you ended up in Atlanta. Because we were reviewing your history, and you went to Georgia Tech. Um, and you're a native here, which we love, always having people from Atlanta on the show. How did you end up in Atlanta? And then we can talk more about your design career and stuff. Yeah, but-
3: it's a funny, funny story. I'm Chinese-American, and my parents fled China during the Cultural Revolution when the communists came in. And so I was born in Hong Kong, we moved to the US when I was two months old, and I was brought up in a very traditional Chinese household. And I knew all the sacrifices that my parents made to bring us to this country and give us the amazing opportunities that were afforded here. So I never wanted to disappoint them. And Chinese parents are really funny. They tell you growing up that you have two choices in life. You can grow up and you can become a doctor, or you can grow up and you can become a doctor. And so.
2: You would at least get lawyer in there. No,
3: no. just uh-uh. doctor. No, 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 mm-hmm. no. Lawyer's like number probably 72 on the list. <laughs> yeah, after like doctor is like number one through like 69. And then it's like teacher, engineer, you know, family. Um, but um, so I was a pre-med student at the University of Virginia. I studied chemistry and economics. I spent every spring, summer, winter break working at the transmitted and transfused viruses laboratory at the CDC. Whoa. I was working on asymptomatic HIV and hepatitis C. Every day I would go into that lab and I would think, "Oh my gosh, how come we have to work under fluorescent lights?" <laughs> you why are they
2: decorating the lab? Yeah, in your why mind? are these
3: walls these, this horrible shade of yellow? And it was the true indicator that I was not doing what I was supposed to be doing in life. But I didn't want to disappoint my parents, especially my mother. But two weeks before medical school was about to start, I finally said to her, "I can't do it. I can't become a doctor. I, I'm missing my calling. I'm supposed to be an architect. I'm supposed to design in life." And so she said, "Okay, you know that's fine. Yeah. You know I will support you." She said, "Where, you know, where do you want to go to school?" And I really didn't know. Uh, so we hopped on a train. We were living in McLean, Virginia, which is a suburb of Washington D.C. We hopped on a train went to New York and uh, I'm Pei's family friend and we walked into his offices. Are you kidding me? He's a family friend? A family friend of my mom's, yes. That's sort of Uh an in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we walked into his office and said, I said, I explained my dilemma. I was like, where should I go to school? I want to be an architect. And he said, you should go to Georgia Tech. Uh, He said, a lot of my best interns are coming from Georgia Tech. They give you not only a solid training in design, but they teach you how things are put together. And so I said, "Okay." So I applied to Georgia Tech, and I was one of the very first guinea pigs at Georgia Tech to (laughs) undergo the dual master's program. I got my master's in architecture and my MBA concurrently. And I got the MBA really more so that I wouldn't disappoint my mother. Right, you know, as a backup plan. Yeah, as a total backup plan because she, I was like, I cannot move home after I, you know, abandoned medical school. So um, Georgia Tech was amazing. Every single quarter, I would bring my core curriculum classes for the next quarter to the business school and they would build the entire business school schedule around when I could take the classes I needed to take. Wow. So I was able to get both of my masters at Georgia Tech in three years, which was really, really hard. Architecture school is intense. Yeah. And um, and that's how I ended up down here. I ended up uh, graduating kind of at the bottom of the recession, and it was really hard to find a job. But because I had the business degree, I got a job at a local firm uh, called TVS. They're the biggest firm in the southeast, or they were back then anyway, I'm not sure if that's still the case. And they did at that time primarily work in the corporate sector, like building office buildings, uh, convention centers, and shopping malls. And so I went in as an architecture intern, and um, one day the head of interior design came to my desk, Excuse me. This is back when we were hand drawing everything. I mean, we're still kind of folding computer drafting into the the picture. So you could really tell somebody's style by their drawings. Mm -hmm. And she said, I've been watching you. And I think you would be an amazing interior designer. She says, I'm going to give you a break and she gave me the corporate headquarters of Disney Cruise to design, just as Disney was launching its cruise division. It was an enormous break for anybody, much less a architecture intern. I wasn't even an interior design intern. And um, I'm always so grateful that she oh. had that faith in me and she saw something in me and it really kind of set the stage for the rest of my career.
0: Wow. I mean, I feel like we're all slack, John, right? Know, now. I'm like, what? That is an amazing story. That is. It's really cool.
3: That's like the longest answer ever to how did you get to Atlanta, right? right? Well, no, no, no. <laughs> I went to school here. Well, Taryn also went to Georgia Tech.
1: I did the industrial design program in the School of Architecture at Georgia Tech, so I, I realize the amount of work you did. I'm very I know. I mean, did you, did you have any social life at all? No. Well, yeah. No.
3: I mean, architecture school... Uh, especially architecture grad school is known as being just like an incredibly torturous yeah. program. I mean, the joke used to be the airplanes landing at Hartsfield were guided by the lights in the architecture school because they never <laughs> went out. Um,
1: I mean, awesome.
3: yeah, it was really difficult and on top of that, I was uh, architectural history teaching assistant and oh I was teaching gosh. freshmen's architectural history and it was just like a really intense time <laughs> in my life but um, I'm grateful that I had that opportunity. Mm -hmm. And I think all of that was like really necessary for me to be the kind of designer that I am. um, Because I am very left brain, right brain, evenly divided. Um, I see both sides Mm -hmm. of the coin. And I really appreciate having that intense uh, structural and architectural training to sort of underpin all the things that I want to do.
2: Yeah, I can definitely see that when I look at your book, which let me just say the name of it. Vern Yip's Design-Wise, Your Smart Guide to a Beautiful Home. Okay. It is the most practical guide. I think everyone should buy it Mm -hmm. because every little detail, it would take us probably a year's worth of podcasts to go through all of the tips and hints you give in this book. I've got the time. Right? (laughs) We're going to be here all night. Um, But it's it's such, because you break it down into such manageable bites for people mm-hmm. who are like, okay. Right, well, how much space do I need between my sofa and my coffee table? Or when I'm planning my outdoor space, how much space do I need? Or, you know, how big should my rug be? Or, I mean, it's all almost like mathematical equations in here. Mm-hmm. You make it seem like, okay, like if I follow these rules, yeah, then it'll be cute. Well, Is I, it as simple
3: as that? I appreciate that. What, in many ways it is. Um, and really, the inspiration for the book came out of a couple of things. Number one, people just bumping into people in the street, you know, they'd say, oh, you're Vern Yip. And by the way, I have a living room.
2: <laughs> Help
3: me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but then also the fact that when I was looking at all the design books that were out there in the marketplace, I found that they primarily fell into one of two categories. You had the books that were super practical, but the advice was often buried into paragraphs. And as a busy parent, I mm-hmm. I need bullet points. So I really wanted to create a book that was lists and easy to access information in bullet point format so that you weren't digging. Um, The second thing was I saw a bunch of books out there that were beautiful coffee table books, but no takeaway. And I love a beautiful coffee table book just as much as the next person. I have a house full of them. But I felt like there was a way to put a unique product out there that took all the information that binds us because these distances are relevant to people who live in the tiniest studio apartment or -hmm. the people who live in a 25,000 square foot house. Um, Just because you live in a bigger house doesn't mean that your dining room table is taller or, you know, just because you live in a studio doesn't mean that your, you know, um, your dining room chair is lower. All of these heights link all of us Mm -hmm. because the world of furniture is largely standardized. And so I felt like, you know, this would help take a little bit of the paralysis that people feel when it comes to design um, and just give them that foundation so they could then move on to the the part that they really enjoy, which Mm -hmm. is like personal style and color and the things that people think of immediately when they think of design. Right.
0: Yeah. It's the kind of book that you're going to like go back, you know, you're gonna be like, wait, it's a I reference need to buy a new coffee table. I need like, what go size look, do I need? Look, right. yeah, go back to the living room chapter or whatever. Or and...
2: even, you know, how can I tell if something is good quality mm-hmm. and you go all through that and explain, here's what you need to look for in a sofa or a piece of upholstery or a piece of wood. I, I mean, I think that's so valuable because, um, Everyone's so price conscious, you know, these days, and you can get a good deal in lots and lots of places. But are you really getting a good deal just because it's the cheapest thing?
3: Bingo! Uh-huh. I think you've exactly said it because I am all about value, and I find, you know, I I have a couple of private clients that I take on every year, and even if people have a six figure or seven figure budget to do the interiors, they want it to look like even more. You know, and everybody, you no know, matter mm-hmm. if you had five million dollar budget to do your interior, you know, you your expectation these days is that it looks like a fifteen million dollar budget. Everybody wants to get the most value for their money, and there's absolutely no nothing wrong with that. But paying the the least amount of money for something isn't necessarily where you get the value. You have to understand what you're buying, and sometimes paying you know, a little bit more to get a piece that's quality and well-constructed means that you're going to have something that's going to last you a lifetime. And that's ultimately the goal. We don't want to be in this continuous cycle of replaceable furniture that ends up in a big heap that then ends up, you know, being bad for the environment and, you know, leading to even more global warming. So, you know, it's better to buy quality pieces up front.
2: For folks on a budget, How do they do that? What's the best way to go about that? Is it is it, you know, uh, Craigslist and estate sales or is it, you know, what, what would you advise for people who are on a budget and they're trying to get the most for every dollar?
3: Well, the first thing that I always say to people is, number one, do a space plan. That may not be the answer that most people think, but a space plan will tell you how big something needs to be. Does my coffee table need to be a 48 inch square? Does it need to be a 24 by 48 rectangle? Would it be better if it's a circle or an oval? Because even if you get a tremendous deal on something, if it doesn't fit into your space, (laughs) then then it's a waste, right? Mm -hmm. Even if you spent like a dollar on something and it doesn't fit, so what?
2: Yeah, and don't go fall in love with a square coffee table if a round is
3: what's gonna work and then you're
2: all disappointed and you really wanted it and it's not gonna work.
3: Exactly, Mm -hmm. so number one, Do a space plan so that you know what you're looking for. Be informed about that. Number two, you know, be informed about, you know, how things are put together. And that's primarily why I put that book out, because you can go buy a sofa for... You know, under $200 at that store <laughs> that we all know. But but at the end of the day, you know, after sitting on it for a month, we know exactly what, mm-hmm. where your favorite spot is because there are no springs in that sofa. Right. Nothing's mm-hmm. bouncing back. And it's just going to end up in a heap. Yeah. So. Be informed. So like, you know, at the back of the book I have what I call cheat sheets and it tells you like the most important questions to ask when you're buying a piece of upholstered furniture. The most important questions to ask if you're buying a case good or, you know, furniture made out of wood or cabinet or something. So be informed. And you know, even if you don't have my book on you, um, there's the internet, you know, you have the ability now. That's what's so wonderful is that we're all much more empowered than we used to be in terms of tracking down the information.
2: So did you just Google all this and then put it into a book?
3: <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I I've been asked these questions one. <laughs> so many times that they're in my head. Yeah. But you know, a lot of this information can be found um, on online, but it's but nobody has taken the time to assemble it yeah. and put it in bullet pointed list and make it like easy to understand um, and in one place. And that was really my goal. And I do think you have a good point. I think. Looking at um, places that maybe you wouldn't typically think of looking is a great way to buy some quality things. Um, yard sales, Craigslist, whatever. But I think a lot of the a lot of the quality furniture manufacturers, a lot of the quality um, home stores that are out there, a lot of the quality brands that are out there, they all have tremendous sales. And it's just knowing that when something goes on sale, if it's a great price, is it also well made. Right. And I think not being afraid to embrace your personal style is another way to save a lot of money. A lot of people feel pressured into buying something because it's on trend or they see it in magazines and then they get it home and even if it's the right size, after a while they're out of love with it because it doesn't really reflect who they are. If you take the time to ensure that the thing is the right size and that you really love it and that it's well built. you know. Whatever you spend on it will will likely be ultimately worth it.
2: How do people figure out what their personal style is? Because do you find that um, I, I'm looking around the table, I find that people will ask me all the time, I just don't know what I like or I need your help figuring it out. And I'm like, well, what do you 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 have to know what you like, don't you?
3: I think a lot of it is there is a paralysis associated with the fact that you can be a little more of a chameleon when it comes to your wardrobe. Um, You know, and if you make a mistake with a dress or you make a mistake with a shirt, it doesn't it doesn't take up the same amount of space. (laughs) Right. It doesn't budget. It doesn't take cost the same. Mm -hmm. Right. But I I I think that your space ultimately will only be successful if it's a physical manifestation of you. And no person I know is one dimensional. We're all multi-dimensional and i'm so glad that for many many years now we've all embraced this word eclectic that it's okay to mix traditional and contemporary and asian and country and whatever the there you can't just do it willy-nilly uh it's actually much harder to pull that look together because you have to have what i call threads of continuity to prevent it from looking like a yard sale but it, it it is ultimately more rewarding so i i always say to people if you're kind of confused about identifying your personal style when it comes to your home uh, and you can't seem to articulate those words, I give people the freedom to go through magazines, to go through catalogs, to go through books and just tag any image, any image that makes you happy, that really delights you, where you can say to me, I love this. And it could be a picture of a plate of spaghetti It could be a picture of somebody vacationing in Italy. It could be anything. Um, Because what I find is that when I kind of look at the images that they've pulled together, there are oftentimes links um, as to why they've pulled it. They're attracted to bright spaces or they're attracted to white accents or they love a certain country or whatever. You Mm -hmm. begin to really understand what they're about. Uh, So I I do think it's a worthwhile exercise Mm -hmm. to... Um, force yourself to do that if you can't really say what it is that you love.
2: Have you found your own personal style evolving through the years?
3: You know what's interesting is I think I, I grew up in a house full of lots of just beautiful Chinese antiques. But I remember being a little boy and finding it like kind of stifling. Um, and my mother, best mother, ever
0: Um, (laughs) always
3: supported everything i did she said to me when i was probably around like eight or nine very young age she said to me go ahead and design your own bedroom furniture i'm gonna have it made it's not like we were swimming in money but she knew that from a very early age i had this creative spark and that it was really my thing wow and and so i did and i wanted it all to be metal and like she had all this like chrome metal furniture made. I painted my room gray. Eight year old, this yeah. is
2: awesome. My son wanted like a Thomas the Tank bed or something. Oh no, an I,
3: I a anything Bob actually anything shiny. I was like all about anything chrome and shiny. Um, <laughs> and I remember when I was done, my sister walked into my bedroom. She said, "Congratulations, you live in a bank vault." Um, <laughs> So I think very early on, I was attracted to super clean, super sleek. And it's funny, I see my son doing the same exact thing. You know, he's like anything modern. Anytime we pass a modern house, he's like, oh, I love that house. He loves anything that's like super sleek and super modern. Uh, But over time, I really began to appreciate antiques. And I began to appreciate things from other countries and just really sort of trying to figure out, well, how do these things, like, layer in together successfully? And that's that's when it becomes really fun, because when we when we sort of free ourselves to kind of embrace all the things that we love, whether it's a shiny chrome bed or whether it's a Chinese antique, when we um, allow ourselves to, like, say, oh, it's okay to have those things, then it becomes, like, the, the then the home is a real reflection of you. Right. It's just getting that assistance to sort of figure out, how do I make it work together?
2: Well, then... I, I wanted to think. ask you about that thread of continuity because it sounds like that's what leads to that. Otherwise, you've got the mishmash yard sale. So how do we get our thread of continuity?
3: I think... Um, Did you the,
2: TM that remark, by the way? Trademark
1: it?
3: Oh, TM. I should. Yeah,
1: it's
2: my, Vern Yip's thread of
1: continuity.
3: I love how hip you are, TM. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, so how would you relate, again, the Chinese dresser with your chrome? Yeah, how do you make yeah. all that work together?
3: Well, what I say to people is number one... Um, not everything can be a look at me moment, meaning if you walk into a space and everything is screaming to be looked at, it can oftentimes be uncomfortable. So sort of decide like what's my primary layer? What's my secondary layer? What's my tertiary layer? So that things have an opportunity to really have presence. The second thing is, you know, if you're going to have a lot of different styles, a lot of different kinds of things in your space, then you know, use a tool like color. Color can oftentimes be a thread of continuity. The, the more disparate your lines are, the more you need something like color or a common fabric. For example, you could have that situation that, you know, we went through this period of time where people really loved the idea of having you know eight different chairs at the dining room table Mm -hmm. you know eight different styles but it's going to look to me it's going to look a little bit insane unless those eight chairs are maybe upholstered in the same fabric Mm -hmm. if you upholster Mm -hmm. them in the same fabric then there's that thread of continuity that visually pulls all those really disparate items together Um, it could be a wood tone it could be a myriad of things but having those threads of continuity allow you the freedom to then have a variety of of different Mm -hmm. styles
0: you mentioned um Loving antiques and collecting. Is, what is what piece of furniture have you had the longest?
3: I still have the furniture that I made when I was, uh, or that my mother made when oh. I was eight years old.
2: Is it in your
1: no. children's really cool.
2: rooms?
3: No, uh, it's at my beach house, oh, my and um, it's it's funny. I um, <laughs> I still have all those pieces, and I still like them. It's the craziest oh thing. Awesome. <laughs> Are
2: they in your book?
3: Uh, yeah, actually, there's, 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 there I've is there is a piece him. in the book.
0: Because, yeah, your house in Seaside is in there. Yeah, is uh, nice? uh, it's Rosemary in Rosemary Beach. Beach. Rosemary Beach, yes. Yes, yes,
3: yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm.
2: That's so funny. Yeah. And you totally need to TM Learn from Vern if you
3: haven't already. <laughs> Learn from Vern was the name of my <laughs> column at HETV Magazine for many, many years.
2: It's great. Yeah,
3: and then Sarah Peterson, who's the editor-in-chief at HETV Magazine and a dear friend, was like, oh, absolutely, use it. Use it for your book. She was so sweet about that. Is
2: it this? That's awesome. No. It can't be this.
3: What? Oh no, not the bed. Um, it's metal. I found a piece of metal, metal, and I decided yeah. that was it. It's chrome. That I mean, is... it's just like little tiny pieces. But I'll I'll point it out oh, to yeah, you yeah, in the we'll book. Yeah, yeah, will
2: find it. That is so cool. Well, we'll be able to put a few images on on the blog. Sure, Maybe we I can, can put um... an image of this because I'm dying to see it, and then people can it's, look at know, it. You know,
3: honestly, it's not that impressive. It's it better it's, be, it's, No, it's not. After all this talk, but it's it's um, <laughs> for me. I love things that have meaning yeah. Um, yeah and I always say to people you know don't be in a hurry to just fill your house you know fill it with things that have meaning and I like everybody I had to go through a stage of placeholders you know your house has things that you maybe don't love but you need things yeah right um but but try and be on a journey where you're gradually getting yourself to the point where your house is just filled with things that you love, and things have stories, and you know mm. reflect a period in your life. You know, I love to travel. For example, um, we've been to, oh my gosh, like something like fifty-eight countries at this point, or something like that. Whoa. Um, That's awesome. Um, and mm-hmm. everywhere I go, I you know bring back one thing, but one significant thing, uh, like. We Went to India and I brought back an elephant that's one and a half tons, you know. Um, a
2: live elephant, <laughs> yeah, I <don't> think
3: so. <laughs> no, I brought back a marble, a, a marble elephant, an elephant carved out of a solid block of marble. It's in the book, too. And, um, it is um, <laughs> on your lap. No, <laughs> yeah, I right. wish. Carry uh, on when they when it was dropped off at my house, I had to hire a forklift to bring it up the driveway, it cracked my um pavers um but i absolutely loved it and uh, my children climb on top of it and so it sits in my backyard and it makes me so happy every time nice. i see it um you know does anybody else in the world want a huge one and a half ton marble elephant in their yard probably not but that doesn't <laughs> matter you know like right. what matters yeah. is that i wanted it and i f- You know, it's still to this day so special. So I always encourage people to do that. Like, you know, fill your home with things that tell stories and have meaning.
2: Right. Don't just go to TJ Maxx and buy every accessory. Well, uh, I mean, they're great fillers, but, you know, it's lovely to look around and say, I know where I got that. And I know where that's from. And even if it's not precious, you know, we talk a lot about buying street art, you know, from Mm -hmm. artists off the street or, you know, Taryn travels a lot as well. And she's always talking about the last things she brought home in her lap.
3: I mean, I say to people, and I say this in the book, too, like, if you're going somewhere where you know that they're great at making rugs, uh, like if you're going to, Mm -hmm. you know, Turkey, or you're going to Morocco, or you're going to India, or wherever, if you're going somewhere where you know they're great at making rugs, you take a few measurements with you have some general idea that, Mm -hmm. oh, I need a 10 by 14, or I need a nine by 12. And you'll find it much easier once you get there, because those rug stores can be overwhelming. But if you immediately say, I'm only going to look at things in my size, then it helps you to hone it in and focus Mm -hmm. a little bit or if you're crazy like me you want to see every rug every single rug yeah
1: we're spending this day of vacation looking at rugs yeah i respect that
3: well i knew i met the right person when uh, my husband was like uh yeah that's totally okay i know Uh, we're gonna like live in this rug shop today
1: (laughs) Yes, you're like we are meant to be
2: so now are you always redecorating is everything like in motion in your house or do you set it
3: no, you know, I am, but not for the reason that probably you might think. I uh, I have this fabric line. I have a lighting line. I just launched a second collection. We're doing wallpaper. I mean, so, and I don't like oftentimes the look of... Uh, things shot in a studio to me, it doesn't have the same level of warmth. It doesn't convey home as much. I can detect it, but I don't know if anybody else can. So uh, we shoot everything in my house. My house is first and foremost not a house; it's a studio. It just happens that you know people like sleep <laughs> Your there at night. Lives in it. Yeah. Uh, so we are constantly redoing rooms in the house, and sometimes it's hard because. I fall in love with a color, you know. I love gray walls for example, but I I've, I've been forced into color because we have to showcase more than just the gray book in the fabric line. We have to showcase yeah, Right. you know, the navy book and mm-hmm. we have to showcase the teal book and so uh, so we're constantly redoing things.
2: That's that sounds awesome. exhausting. To me i love that you're like that sounds Not awesome i like that sounds exhausting if you
1: love doing that though <laughs> no yeah. i know right and you get to keep playing like you get to play all the cards like yeah. you said even if you don't know if you like color you get to try it dabble a little bit yeah yeah
3: yeah no that's absolutely true and you know i feel incredibly lucky i you know i'm probably just like you guys in that i can't believe that i have the job that i have and that i get to do something that i absolutely love Um, So even though the work can be arduous and it can be long, long hours, and I work seven days a week, at the end of the day, I love what I do. So it makes all of that okay. So you have two children
2: and they are, I would say, I don't know, 12, 10. How old
3: no. are they? Um, no. we, we have two kids. Our son, uh, Gavin, is seven, mm-hmm. and our daughter, Vera, is six. Oh, okay, sorry. Kind of
2: like, way off. I'm, like, way off. <laughs> Mine are so old that I can't even calculate any more children's ages. So did you? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to. Well, you know, usually like you can look at it and be like, oh, they're four. I'm like, I can't do it anymore. You lose
3: that frame of reference after a while. I
2: don't know, they're under 20.
3: (laughs) Young. Yes, mine are under 20.
2: (laughs) So did you have to change anything about your home to accommodate children in your
3: lifestyle? I did not. And that is, um, you know, that's attributable to my mom. I grew up in a home full of really... Lovely, elegant things. My mom spent a lot of time with me as a little boy, probably because I showed interest in it, helping me discern like the difference between something that was beautifully well made versus something that was a masterpiece. And she loved masterpieces, which now, you know, she passed away. And so I've inherited a bunch of just stunning, like museum quality pieces. Um, um, But I grew up in a house where I could look at things, touch things, go into any room. And I remember when um, we were having our first child, Gavin, um, all of our friends who had kids before us kind of said to us, you know, all that stuff on the coffee table, that's going to have to go and this is going to have to go and that's going to have to go. And um, I was like, I I didn't grow up like that. Um, you know, Did I break a few things? Yes, yeah. um, for sure. But I know firsthand that being able to interact with those items one-on-one and being able to get up close to them and feel how smooth they were or feel their texture or whatever made a huge difference for me and made me very, very sensitive to interiors. Um, And so we just took the same approach with our kids. And have our kids broken a few things? They've broken like one thing, Um, (laughs) but it's okay because at the end of the day, even though the thing they broke was something I wish they hadn't broke, it means that they're growing up the way that I did it, with a sensitivity and an understanding of space and interiors.
2: Well, they'd still break something even if you didn't allow them to touch things. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's not yeah. like it would have been any different had you done it a different way, but they also get that that one-on-one experience, which is nice.
3: Absolutely, yeah. and at the end of the day, I always remind myself, no matter how precious something is, a thing is a thing. Mm-hmm. and It's just stuff. It's just stuff, exactly. And it's a small price to pay to, to give my kids an education in that arena.
2: Yeah. Well we've talked about that before when you have your friends over for dinner and they break a wine glass or they break you know, who cares? Yeah. Your friendship yeah. is so much more valuable than anything that you could put on that table or trip over and break or
3: a hundred percent. Right.
0: I feel like I break more stuff than anyone ever does in my house, you know, like
2: I've had a so girl it's not like get I up g- from this dining table. Swerve into the living room and crash into that glass hurricane over there.
3: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That's one heck of a party. Right? It was a good evening.
2: (laughs) But it's not like you don't want to have the stuff. You still want to have the stuff. Yeah. That's so cool. (laughs) I mean, can't you just imagine? Because as we sit here and we talk about you and how you kind of became who you are and you found your path. Um, the, the role your mother led in that. And then imagine her, you know, in 20 years sitting somewhere talking to someone like, here's how I got to be who I am. And I'm sure that she'll talk all about you and how you made her appreciate design and the way that she grew up and was able to touch and feel and and love all the things around her. I just, I'm getting goosebumps thinking yes. about it.
3: It's so cute. It's so funny, though. Until you said that, I never put that together. I mean, I I I think I always understood that, you know, we're raising our kids the way that I was raised, but um, you know, when you're in it, when you're in the parenting Mm -hmm. mode, you're not necessarily thinking, well, I'm going to support my kid because I hope that someday you're just doing it, right? you know? So it wasn't until you said that I was like, oh, yeah, well, maybe she will say that.
2: (laughs) 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 How 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 did your mother get her appreciation and knowledge for things that were so lovely? Where did she learn that?
3: It must be in in the dna somewhere Uh, my mom grew up under very difficult circumstances she was one of 15 kids and um, her family um, endured a lot of hardship because of the uh, communist revolution in china my uh, grandfather her dad um, um, was a pretty wealthy guy and he was exactly who the communists were targeting. So, you know, they took everything. They took, you know, you weren't allowed to have any material wealth or possessions and you were really, um, you're really kind of looked at very, very closely. If you were an intellectual, if you had an education, you know, you were kind of considered dangerous.
2: Mm-hmm. And so, artists even.
3: Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. artists too. So um, I, I don't really know. I know that of the 15 kids, she was the um, only girl who really, really loved uh, school and education. And it was really funny. Back then, um, all the girls in the family were given a choice. You could either have, um, when you got to the age of you know, going off to college, you could either have a college education. They would send you off to school. Or you could have a set of all new appliances. And back then, I know that sounds crazy, but back <laughs> then, especially in China... A whole set of new appliances, like kitchen appliances, was a big deal. Like so much so that they would put it on the back of a truck and they would put a ribbon on it and they would parade it through town. Wow.
2: Whoa. Was it almost like a dowry or... I mean, do they have did that girl at that point have a house for all these appliances? You know what I'm well, saying? Well, it was
3: like sort of expected that you would be like young when you got married uh-huh. and so all So this that. was like, start like your helping family. you start your life. Yeah. Okay. Um, but my mom was the only girl who said, I don't want the appliances, I want the education and she um she was for for that reason, she was really like the apple of my grandfather's eye. <laughs> he loved the fact that she really emphasized education and that's something that she really um, mm-hmm. emphasized with me as well. And we emphasize with our children. Um, so um, so I'm not really sure. I know that she's always appreciated um, uh, an, an educated vantage point, which I sometimes associate with an appreciation for beautiful things and just sort of understanding different cultures and understanding techniques and what that tells us. Because when you think about it, the things that cultures leave behind are the best indicators of what they're about even more so than the words that they leave behind you can ask somebody well what are you all about what is your cultural culture about but the things that they excel at and they leave behind are the things that really tell us who they are as people like for example i mean the swiss i mean they're all about precision and they produce amazing incredible clocks and watches Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, nobody says I'm going to go to Switzerland and Get let my rug. hair down and party. You know, it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't happen because that's not really what they're known for. They're known for like precision. Mm-hmm. And that's so ingrained in their culture. And I think that's a beautiful thing. Um, whereas, like, you know, if you go to Rio, you know, I mean, nobody says, oh, I'm, I really want to watch from Rio. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. time really isn't that important there compared to other mm. places. But they excel at so many other things. You know, that is where you want to let your hair down. That is like sort of taking in life in full color. And so, you know, I think it's a lot about just sort of um, appreciating all these beautiful things that everybody on, in the world has to leave behind. And I think she was just super intrigued by that.
0: What's your fa- Where's your favorite place to travel to?
3: I love uh, Southeast Asia. Thailand's just a really magical Place We especially love the northern portions of Thailand, like Chiang Mai and Chiang Rai. Um,
1: Have you been there, Taryn? I've been to Chiang Mai, and it was, yeah. Stellar. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah.
3: What, what did you think? Uh,
1: like, I'm, I'm with you. I love Asia. I, I love Southeast Asia because it's just so opposite from here that, I don't know. And the people were so welcoming, and it was beautiful, and we did the whole elephant experience. and Yes. Yeah, so it was pretty awesome. Yeah, I'm
3: trying to figure out how we can have an elephant, like a real one. Yeah. I'm, I'm <laughs> done with the one-and-a-half-ton marble one. I need a real one now. I've moved on.
2: And the food there. I don't know if they let you have that in town in Atlanta. I don't
3: know. I'm totally joking about having a real elephant. I would <laughs> never <laughs> do that. I would never do that, but I have a real beautiful. appreciation and yeah. affinity for them. They're
1: beautiful animals. I
0: think there's an elephant sanctuary in Tennessee somewhere.
3: I think Pretty you're sure right. There is. I think you're absolutely right. There you go.
0: Right. You can just go up there and visit. Done. Or um,
1: you can go to
3: Thailand. Right, you can go to Thailand. <laughs> that's yeah, a that's a
1: better plan. That's a better plan. Yeah, but like even the north there, I think, yeah, it just was so green and lush, and the little town with the borders all around was so cute, and we had some good street food. Yeah. Which I was really scared about, of course, and then it was amazing. Yeah. Well,
3: there are definitely parts of the world where you should be more cautious <laughs> yes. about street food, but Thailand is totally okay for the most part and um i I love it for all the reasons you've articulated but it totally doesn't hurt that chiang mai is also considered the uh craft center of thailand it's where all the things are made like all the wood carvings all the weavings all the silver it's all out of chiang mai so you know there are many days in chiang mai of just Shopping. shopping
1: That sounds fun. We need your list. Yeah. 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 Do you have a
2: shopping list that you can give us?
3: Oh, I do, but it's going to cost you. Really? Yeah. Like what? I don't. I I see lots of things in this room.
2: <laughs> I got a bowl of raspberries here. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Do you have any decorating pet peeves? When you walk, do you have your biggest one? When you walk into someone's home, you're like, ugh, again. You know, Come on. I would.
3: I would say getting an invitation to somebody's home is probably... Okay, first
2: of all, you're the nicest guy. Are you really going to say I don't have one because just come, have me, having me come over is nice enough?
3: Oh, no. No, I'm okay. totally <laughs> not going to say that.
2: Oh. Let
0: the man fit. Right,
2: sorry.
3: On. No, I, I was going to say, you know, <laughs> I think getting an invitation to someone's home is just about the best invitation you can get. Because if they've done it properly, which means that they've really like made it a reflection of who they are, it's an invitation to get to know them You know, your space should be a manifestation of them. So, you know, I've been in a few places that you might at first think, oh, this is so pulled together, this is so pretty. But it also can be really vacuous if it doesn't reflect the personalities of the people who live there. And I understand not everybody has time or whatever, but you know, you can't tell me that um, it, it really reflects your personality to have your sofa, loveseat, and chairs all match and be the same lines Mm -hmm. and same fabric, and that your coffee table and your side tables should all match and be the same line. You know, that says to me, you're probably very busy, and you you (laughs) probably haven't had the time to think about it, which I could appreciate as a parent to two kids and four dogs. But I, I do think ultimately it's going to be so much more rewarding if you really take the time to think about, What it is that puts a smile on your face because if you can't walk through the front door of your home and immediately say this is where i want to be more so than any other place on the planet something is wrong Mm -hmm. if you are sitting at work and you're pining to be somewhere else if you're thinking i would rather be at a five-star resort than come home that means you need to change what's at home Mm -hmm. because your home should feel like you're on vacation when you walk through the front door um, and I think having it reflect you and your personal style is like having your own personal resort. So it's worth, it's worth it to, to spend the time to get it there because it's where you're going to spend more time than any other place. It's where the most important moments of your life unfold with your family and friends. So spend the time on making your home uh, a real reflection of you and, and making it feel like it's an everyday vacation home.
2: I think that's, that's great, great advice. Such a, really such great advice.
0: We're gonna package that up. If it and isn't just your favorite place, every episode. <laughs>
2: yeah, I haven't ever thought Making about it, it like that.
0: I love the idea of it being your own personal resort. I mean, this is so true. Yeah, it like, should be
2: what you love. Yeah. yeah,
3: yeah, because nobody, nobody at the end of the day, walks into a hotel room and falls in love with the decor. What they fall in love with is the lack of clutter, the lack of whatever. It's finally, oh I don't have a ton of stuff like lying on the floor and whatever. Mm -hmm. But there's a way to achieve a better version of that in your own home. Mm -hmm. I mean, instead of having just banal, you know, everyday decor, you can have stuff that really makes you happy. And you can think of ways that you can organize and get get rid of the clutter.
2: Right. Be tidy. Do you have any good hints and tips for uh, organizing children's stuff, their toys or their, you know, they just have stuff.
3: Yeah, kids have stuff. So do adults, though. Yeah, we true. just have different stuff.
2: <laughs>
0: um,
3: and, you know, parenting is always a very touchy subject because everybody does it differently. So I don't want this to come off as like, you know, this is how I do it. And this is how what you should be doing, too. I'm just going to say this is what worked for us. Um, first off, you know, we taught the kids very, very early on that when you play with something you can play with it as long as you like but when you're done it goes back to where it's supposed to be so just having a place for something is important whether you're a child or an adult knowing where it goes and getting rid of the stuff that they don't play with anymore there's a child out there that could really benefit from that toy that will love that toy so you don't have to have a million things you just have to have the things that you really love and that inspire you I believe in closed storage. You see so many images in magazines and in catalogs of these beautifully decorated open bookshelves where all the books are white and all the objects are white. (laughs) I mean, that looks great, but that's not reality. And at the end of the day, we all have stuff. So, you know, having your home be a more calming experience, having your home be more resort-like, means oftentimes just getting things out of sight, which means closed doors, cabinets with doors, drawers that are solid. You know, I mean, the glass front always looks great, but you then spend a lot of time making it look pretty behind the glass. So having a system of closed storage and having it accessible, I think, is really important.
1: I bet everyone has their one hiding place where they throw things if people are coming over. Mm -hmm. Where is it? Your number one. Where's your hiding place?
3: You know what? So last minute, yeah. (laughs) I've gotten to the point where I've gotten rid of the hiding place, but I did have a hiding (gasps) place for a long time. And I say, I say to people, that's not a bad thing necessarily. It is better to have one place where the chaos lives versus having a little bit of chaos everywhere. If you can make ninety percent of your home like enjoyable and clean and peaceful, and you need to have chaos, (laughs) centralize it in one location.
2: Agreed. Consolidate your mess have all the mail in one spot not you know what I'm saying I, yeah uh, that makes me crazy <laughs> yeah. it totally makes me crazy even thinking about it all right so should we have a dilemma I think we have a we have a dilemma for you question. to help us with okay mm-hmm. all right what's okay. our dilemma oh Taryn is what's it not here d- is yeah, yeah. Back. I'm
0: dilemma. sorry read our dilemma to us oh, I didn't sorry no pictures. sorry
1: it's from April it is from April. April asks, "I am a new listener to your podcast. I recently renovated a home, and I noticed that we have a fan lighting combination in every bedroom and in the kitchen and living room. Errs, errors. errors. What does I that mean? That Areas. Means. Areas. Areas. Uh, Areas. Uh, spell checked on that it. That makes mm-hmm. sense. Is this stuck in the nineties? What is the design advice on fans? Should I replace them with ceiling lighting? My husband thinks we will use them, but honestly, we have central air conditioning. Help. <laughs> okay. Vern, what?
3: So, I you know, anybody who's familiar with any of my work on television knows that, especially on trading spaces, you know, I did the first season of that show and now it's coming back. But mm-hmm. I, the first thing to go is the ceiling fan. <laughs> if you have central air conditioning, I think... I don't really see the use for a fan, but you know I always say a, a home needs to be both functional and aesthetically pleasing. If it's just one or the other, it's kind of a failure. You have to have the confluence of both of those elements for it to really work. In general, I don't think I have ever seen a fan light combo that is attractive. Yeah, no. uh, mm-hmm. They have gotten a lot better with um, good looking fans. Of course, you have a myriad of options with um, light fixtures, but a fan-light combo is almost always a no-no. And they don't
2: give off nice light, either. No. You know, it's that awful kind of harsh overhead lighting. Yeah. Yeah.
3: It's, It's like when you go to a restaurant and the menu's too big you know that they're not good at any of those things. So it's the yeah. same thing here. Yeah. It's like, you're trying to do too many things. Right? Yeah. Either decide to be a fan or decide to be a light. <laughs> um, so I would say if, if you can talk your husband into a light fixture, especially because you have air conditioning, I tend to think that's a much better way to go. Lighting is such a huge opportunity to create an atmosphere in a room. Um, And it's one of the few things that we don't have to be hyper careful about in terms of durability. If you have dogs, if you have kids and you just don't feel comfortable having more delicate things around the house, when it comes to lights, especially hung from the ceiling, when it comes to artwork, those are the areas where you can just really get away with having super Mm -hmm. nice things because they're difficult to reach and break. Um, So I I love a great light fixture, put it on a dimmer, it really will set the atmosphere. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, if you create that more, like, wonderful, intimate atmosphere, you'll probably make your husband happy, too.
2: <laughs> That's true. That's good advice. Okay,
0: y'all, I have a confession. Caroline has a fan. I'm a fan fan.
3: <laughs> oh! <laughs> like, okay,
0: I totally agree with you that the fan-like combo is horrible, and in very few situations does it work, unless maybe it's, like, a porch, but even then, I don't know. But I'm a southern girl. I'm from Alabama. Like, it is hot. And I kind of like a ceiling fan in a bedroom, but... You have to like go neutral, and like kind of decorate around it.
2: I, did, I mean, like I have heard a lot of people if that one room they really want a fan. They like a fan over like their bed. I like the
0: gentle breeze in my
2: the gentle breeze
0: in my face. <laughs> in my face. Well, and
3: I think that, that that's a huge part of it. Again, yeah. it's your home, right? Mm-hmm. So embrace what's important mm-hmm. in your home. And if you love the feeling of a fan, then get mm-hmm. a fan. Like I said, they've come a long way with fan designs mm-hmm. um, but in general if you yeah. don't have a mm-hmm. great fan design to work with because a lot of the really good looking ones can be really expensive, expensive yeah i mm-hmm. agree with your philosophy which is have it blend in mm-hmm. with the background right
2: don't make a statement
3: yeah. don't make no a statement need to make a
2: statement with that fan
0: and i feel like you got to draw the line with a fan anywhere near food like
1: in a well, kitchen, I just, she's got in every good. room.
2: You don't need them in every room. Yeah, control. she no, just
1: keep mm-mm. it in, say your yeah. husband wants it in the bedroom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She just not have to have it in the living room. Yeah. In the
2: well, kitchen. live in this house for a second too and see if there's any issues with your AC. Because yeah. sometimes some rooms, like I have a sunroom out here. There's a fan in that because that's where all the teenage boys hang out. They're all sweaty and disgusting. <laughs> they go in there, they stink. I'm telling y'all just the hard facts and, and it's a sunroom. So the AC isn't as awesome in there as it is in other parts Mm -hmm, of the house. And so it gets quite warm. There's all windows. Yeah. Um, and so there's a fan in there to cool those guys down. (laughs) But you know, I think you need to kind of live with your home and know like, okay, the AC works fine. I don't need a fan in every room and I do like a breeze on my bed or whatever. And yeah, 22 fans is too many. Yeah.
0: If she's not into it, then why keep them around? Yeah, to just but take them out when your husband's I feel like looking. people always hate on them, and I kind of like them.
3: Well, I, <laughs> I, it's
0: Caroline, very brave of
3: you, Caroline, to, right. to speak up. <laughs> We're going to have to take you out back and beat you afterwards.
2: <laughs> the first step is admitting the problem. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I do
0: have to give a shout out to our Carter fan because I really like it. The Ballard and that's Carter the I have, Yeah, and it has a really subtle, like it's just a very simple design, just like a, very modern-looking fan blade, and it has a zinc finish, which I kind
3: of like. See, there you go. That's exactly my point. I said there are a lot of really good-looking fan options now that there used to not be. I mean, I think a lot of people realized, hey, people still like fans, Mm -hmm. but they're not good-looking. How can we solve that problem? So that's awesome.
2: Yeah. Wonderful. April, that was easy. Yeah. Especially with a pro like you, Vern. (laughs) Oh,
3: my gosh. Well, also I will say, April, that I find that the best designs for your home come out of compromise. So it's never as good like when one person gets their way and the other doesn't. So I always encourage couples to really talk about it and come up with a compromise position because ultimately that's gonna be the best.
2: Yeah. That's so wise. That is smart. Gosh, you're nice. (laughs) (laughs) So did you say that your show's coming back? Yes. Tell us about that. Give it a big old plug. So Mm -hmm. all I
3: can say (gasps) is that the official announcement came out last week. Uh, Training Spaces is officially coming back onto TLC. (laughs)
2: Caroline's doing a happy dance.
3: (laughs) And uh, the entire original cast has been assembled.
2: Wow. That's awesome. And <laughs> That's
0: awesome. And
3: we have some cool new additions. We have some added designers and some added carpenters. So it's awesome. we've expanded the Trading Spaces family.
0: I okay. Love it. Very cool. So we did a pop quiz on a previous episode where we I I had like a Sophie. list of um
2: Sophie from with Sophie House Donaldson
3: the editor. I love Isn't Sophie she great? Sophie's the best
0: So we I quizzed these two and Sophie on mm-hmm. interior design and decorating related stuff and one of our questions was let's see if you remember what was the initial budget in the first season of Trading Spaces
3: The first it's the same as well, I think all it, the seasons
0: I think it went up one year I don't know
3: Oh it did I don't know. Okay, I left after the first four seasons, so I mean wrong. the budget's always been a thousand dollars. We all got it wrong.
1: We Wait. all got it wrong. With the times time's changing. Is it still thousand dollars?
3: That I cannot discuss.
1: <laughs> we need to know. I it's can't. A
3: million.
2: Tell it's a million us something.
3: All right, I don't know.
0: Maybe I was perfect.
2: Wikipediaing it, and I think like
0: halfway through it switched to two. I don't know, but yes, it was a thousand dollars.
2: That is so. That is crazy. so little. Crazy. Everyone you know, got it wrong. Wow. That's awesome, <laughs> man. Well, that's exciting. So, when is that? When is that going to start? Do we know yet, or is that still a secret?
3: It's still a secret.
2: (gasps) Okay, you'd have to kill us.
3: Yeah, unfortunately. (laughs) And you're such nice people.
2: All right, (laughs) we we won't. We won't do that. Do you have any other exciting projects coming up you want to talk about?
3: Yeah, you know, um, my second fabric collection with Fabricut just came out, and I'm super excited about it. Um, You know, designing fabric has become some like a real passion for me. I really love it. Um, Because you think about how fabric really changes a room. The fact that a room doesn't necessarily feel finished unless it has drapes or, you know, how such a wonderful way, especially in design today, where we're encouraging people to express themselves through layering patterns, you know, having the different kinds of patterns that you love and figuring out how to have them all live together in a space. Uh, So I really love that. So the second collection came out uh, just a few weeks ago. Uh, I'm in the process of finalizing uh, wallpaper, and wallpaper will be out in the spring. So I'm really excited about that. Uh, I just finished my second lighting collection, and that's coming out, which I'm really excited about. And I have a new book that I'm working on. Uh, I have to turn in the manuscript and the photographs by March, uh, but it, it will be out in 2019. Wow. But I have to do the work now. So. Yeah,
2: it sounded like you were busy in grad school, but I'm pretty sure you're just as busy still. Yeah, yeah,
3: it's. Um,
2: I mean, that's a lot.
3: It's a lot. It's it's really really, uh, it's really a lot on my plate. But I love doing it all. Um, it gives me so much joy, and you know, um, I, you know, m- my husband and I both work. Um, you know, out of our house, which is essentially an office. Uh, if I'm being honest, our house is an <laughs> office, and our kids are there 24 seven with us, and so they get to sort of see us pursuing what we love with passion and vigor. And you know, they come in, and you know, we've set up our offices so they can come in and do their homework or sketch mm-hmm. or whatever. And so, I think it's really important to show your kids by example what you hope for them. You know, you can tell them all you like, but you have to live your life. Um, the way that you hope that they will live theirs and so we're hard workers but we're hard workers pursuing things that we really love and i'm hoping that they're absorbing all of that
2: that's very Sounds inspirational so
3: like
2: taryn you listening yes okay <laughs> <Just> checking <laughs> all right cool all right i think that's
0: our show it was a good one it was i face. felt really good strong yeah. solid
2: <laughs> good solid show guys <laughs> yeah oh god <laughs> Yeah,
3: all <laughs> of that was lies, by the way. <laughs> for your more, entertainment purposes. He doesn't even
2: have children.
0: No, not at all. <laughs> Completely rented. Where um, should people follow you? I, They probably are already, but.
3: Yeah, so I'm, uh, you know, like everybody else, I'm on social media, so you can follow me at Vernyip Designs on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook.
2: All right, wonderful, cool.
0: Um, that's our show. Thank you so much for listening. We would love for you to leave us a review in Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the show and follow us on social media at Ballard Designs. You can find all of the show notes to this episode at howtodecorate.com podcast. And you can send your decorating dilemmas, your questions to podcast at ballarddesigns.net and we will have some other fabulous designer answer your questions for you. Be your little interior designer. Okay. Excellent. Until next time. Happy decorating!